Today was the first full squad workout for the Kansas City Royals, and we have plenty of big takeaways from it, and we'll tell you about them on this edition of Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Jack Johnson. You can give me a follow on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5. You also can find us on wherever you get your podcasting news. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and we are on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. If you're a first-time listener, we always welcome in new listeners here on the podcast. And what a fun week for our new listeners to join because we are down here in Surprise, Arizona. I've had the chance the last few days to talk with some players, talk with some coaches, uh, just be out there in the environment. Today was the first full squad workout, and I would not have been able to have this opportunity if it wasn't for Sports Radio 810 WHB, who I work for during the day before I give you these podcasts during the evening time. Down here with Seren Petro. That's been a blast so far. We've had tons of interaction. Uh, just an overall great day. It's endless. We started at 7.30 this morning. I just got back, and it's 5.01 here uh, in Arizona. So I think that is 6 p.m. Uh, back in Kansas City, where, of course, we usually do the podcast from. But it didn't really matter. I don't feel exhausted right now, which is, I guess, a really good thing. Uh, but, again, working with Sports Radio 810 WHB, you got a show once a week over there where we cover all things sports. I have a show Monday through Friday on ESPN Kansas City. You might have actually heard me today on 810 WHB. I joined the Border Patrol for a little bit, joined the Zone, also joined ESPN Wichita for a couple of segments, and probably look forward to that throughout the rest of the week for as long as we are here. So very excited about that, and uh, you're really surprised every single day. I was surprised with a couple of the takeaways that we did have uh, throughout the day. Now, we were at the complex for a very, very long time, and before uh, I left the complex, uh, we actually had the chance just to, you know, hear a little bit from more coaches. Of course, Ren Petro at the Port Program doing a ton of interviews today. Uh, that ranged from interviewing Alex Zumwalt, who was fantastic, Paul Gibson, minor league pitching coordinator. Uh, and then we also had, you know, Vinny Pasquantino on, Jordan Lyles. Uh, we got plenty more coming up tomorrow. So be sure to keep that locked in on Sports Radio 810 WHB. But of course, as we're leaving the complex, uh, I decided to send out a little bit of a cryptic tweet about what we might have heard from a source down there. And uh, I guess it's not really a source at that point because it was already broadcasted over the airwaves uh, on the program with Seren Petra. But Paul Gibson, a uh, minor league pitching coordinator, had a little bit of an update on Asa Lacey. Now, I know there's going to be jokes and there's going to be a lot of stuff thrown my way that, you know, maybe at the end of the day, it wasn't as positive as I should have let it on to be. Uh, but I would say when you look at it from a, a grand scope here, uh, you, you look at it from a bird's eye view, you look at a pitcher who was thrown one time maybe since 2021. I mean, yes, he's a first round pick. Yes, you can be excited about it. But the positive news was not to come out here and say, listen, Asa Lacey's out here. He's pumping 101. It's the best he's ever looked. 
But I, I think we kind of had a teaser a little bit of Asa Lacey posting on Instagram, giving a little bit of the insight of, hey, I'm working back. I'm working back to build my arm up, making sure I've got no injury concern before I show up in surprise on the minor league side of things and work my way through the level. I mean, at this point, it's still a long shot to get to the big league level, but we all know how this offseason went. And I was asked plenty of times, where is Asa Lacey? What's going on with Asa Lacey? I did not have an answer. I did not know where he was. I didn't know if he was working out. I didn't know if he planned to report to camp. Uh, but what we had heard from Paul Gibson, you would have heard this on the program of Seren Petro, is that you know they are very pleased with what they've seen. And they feel like they've identified uh, some of the things that were holding him back. Take that for what you will. I am not here to you know preach the name of now Asa Lacey is going to be the first round pick we all expect him to be. It's not what I'm getting at here. But for somebody that we didn't hear from last year, not at all. I don't remember anything coming out of surprise last year. Uh, he is here. He is healthy. And he is going to be throwing. So if you want to take that joke and run with it of, oh, he's alive. We actually know that he is still in the organization. I don't blame you for taking that joke and running with it. But what I was more intrigued by, what I was more excited by, was that they feel like they've identified the things that were causing injuries. They've smoothed it out a little bit. And we all know the talent's there. Uh, we know that it is something you can take into account and go, it's a first-round pick for a reason. And a first-round pick that was very much high on everybody's draft board. This was not some reach by Kansas City. Asa Lacey was the best left-handed pitcher in the draft. And in fact, this I will not disclose. This I will not reveal the name of who the source was. But I had the chance to talk with some people uh, around the complex today. Had this one conversation from a guy. And he said, you know, I, I knew a, a coach that was a coaching out of Texas College down there. Not... I don't think one of the big ones, but they played Texas A&M. And he went and said along the lines of, it's the best college pitcher I've ever seen. Bar none. Best college pitcher I've ever seen. So dominant. That was Asa Lacey. Okay, so that started to make me go on this trek of, you know, what else can we figure out? What else can we find? Um, but it's very service level right now. And that's what absolutely should be hammered in here. I think for a... A guy like Asa Lacey, who's battled injuries, and I'm sure a mental part of it is is concerning. You know, I think that would bug anybody. And bug might be too light of a word. That wears on somebody. First round pick and hasn't really put it together. But there's still time. And I think that any positive news on him, the first thing's first is can he get back on the mound? You know, that by far and away should be the step one here. You can't skip five to six steps. You can't say, well, he wasn't pitching last year. Now, all of a sudden, he's shown up and he looks like one of the best guys out of camp. From what we've heard is that looks really good so far. Uh, some of the things they wanted to iron out, they are working. It is progressing. And that is a positive thing. That is something you can take. And in this positive offseason that we've seen with the Royals, Ace Lacey's kind of a back, back thought. He's in the back of your mind. You're not really focusing on it. And, you know, Kind of to, to use this analogy, you know, the minor league fields are at the, the backside of the complex. You don't really see it that often. So, yeah, back of the mind would make a lot of sense when bringing this up. But I would say it's good for him and it's good for the Royals. The focus right now isn't on him. The focus is on the big league club who's got a lot of expectation now going into the year. 
you can kind of put Ace Lacey on the back burner. And then if what they believe is going to work starts working, hey, then you can have that conversation. But the positive thing wasn't to tease you guys into saying, hey, I've got some news that he's going to break camp with the team. That's not what I'm getting at here. But I personally, maybe it's just an opinion. It's a, it's a matter of opinion here. I think that can be pretty big news when you have a guy who hasn't thrown since 2021 or 2022. Was it? Did I get those years mixed up? Yeah, I did. 2022 was the last time he pitched. 2023 missed all of the year. Back, I'm not going to go back and edit that out in the beginning. I screwed up the years. You know what I was trying to get at. So 2023 missed all of it. So I hasn't pitched since 2022 in a game, and it did not go very well. The command was an issue. And I do think injuries were a big part of it, big, big problem with the struggles. And that's, I think, what kind of caught my ear more than anything, is when you hear somebody say, we feel like we've identified where the mistakes were, why it was happening, that I'll listen to. And I'll go, if it's injury-related, maybe it's a different delivery. It's trying to smooth out the mechanics a little bit. I feel like there's no doubt he's got the swing and miss stuff. He's got that in his arsenal. For me, step one was you got to see him out there. You got to see him on the field. And I got to hear that good things are happening, right? There could have been this you know, word that spread that, hey, he's here. Oh, he got hurt. Hey, he's here. He's not throwing yet. You know, we're kind of easing it. From what we've seen, he already teased that on Instagram. Asa Lacey was kind of giving a sneak peek to what he was working on and, and looked like he was feeling pretty good. I like it how we can kind of fly under the radar a little bit here. The focus is not going to be on the minor league team for the first part of the season. That happens when your team season goes down the sink. Then you got to start looking to who's the next guy they're going to call up, right? What's the next thing in line? It's not going to be Asa Lacey this year, but it starts to open up the possibility, and a possibility can't open up until he is actually out there on the mound. So not only is he out there in pitching, I know it's going to be the jokes of, oh, he's actually alive. The reports are he's looked pretty good. They've been very pleased with what they've seen on video. And that, to me, is step one in this process. That'll probably be the last time we talk about him for an extended period of time until we get some more game action here. You know, maybe a chance to see a live bullpen session. But other than that, that's the update I have. That was the positive news. Maybe you didn't like it. Maybe you didn't think it was enough. That's simply what we were told. He is back. He is here. He is healthy. That is important here. He is healthy because we didn't even know what was going on last year. And they like what they've seen on video. So that is uh, something maybe you can take to the bank and start you know, betting on Asa Lacey again. No, I'm not really saying you should do that. But good for him, I think, more than anything. As a human being, you root for guys that try to give another go. They've missed an entire year. Easy to root for. Okay, we can make all the jokes that we want, but at the end of the day, this is somebody that's try trying to get back there, trying to get back to the level that the Royals envisioned him to be when they took him out of Texas A&M four years ago. Okay, we're going to take our first break of the show. When we come back, I have another takeaway, but this one from the big league team. There was one moment at the complex today that really, you know, had me buzzing. Had me feeling good about the season. I'm going to tell you about it next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further, want to give a shout out to one of the title sponsors today in FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. 
That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And as I continue to preach over and over and over again, March Madness is right around the corner. Be sure that you are familiarizing yourself with the app, familiarizing yourself with what your wheelhouse is, what you're cashing in a lot of bets on before you start placing the big money. I can give you my thoughts, my opinions. NFL was my wheelhouse, NFL prop bets. But if basketball is your wheelhouse, then go forward with it. Just make sure you're doing so over on FanDuel because we have a great deal for you. All right, so it was the first full squad workout today. And that meant we got to see a lot of the position players in action. We got to see a lot of live VP. We got to hear the crack of the bat. We got to see a bunch of fans out there. It was a very exciting time. And, and that really felt like today the beginning of baseball. Pitchers and catchers reporting is one thing, but it's just pitchers and catchers. A lot of playing catch back and forth. You know, that's basically what it is. When you get to the full squad workout, there's four fields that are in action. There are four fields that have tons of activity, and they're rotating. You're seeing a lot of infield drills. Jose Aguasso was working with guys. Uh, then you've got the VP. Keone Duren was throwing to the majority of the guys. And then you have Paul Hoover on one field, and you've got Matt Quattrero hitting fungo balls out there. And, and to me, that was what got my blood going. That was what got my blood pumping. It was exciting to see. All the sounds, there were tons of people out there, lots and lots of fans. And I've been out there before when there was plenty of open spots, plenty of open spots on the fence, and the bleachers didn't matter. It's just because the team didn't have a lot of expectation. This year, it feels a little bit different. Uh, but I was trying to bounce back and forth between watching live bullpen sessions, got a chance to see Cole Reagans and Brady Singer today, saw some infield work, you know, some of the minor league guys, Devin Mann was out there, Tyler Tolbert. Um, some of the guys that I didn't even recognize. There's a lot of guys at camp, numbers I don't recognize, or they've changed their number. So I couldn't, I was trying my best to, to place myself in spots where I could figure out who was who. And then I saw that the major league team had separated into groups. Uh, you had the infielders taking BP together, and you had the outfielders taking BP together. So I'm easily finding now who is who. I posted some video out there on my Twitter account at Johnny J underscore 15. Freddie Fermin was getting some good hacks in. Salvador Perez was Bobby Witt Jr. And I stayed around and watched Adam Frazier. I saw Garrett Hampson. I'll tell you this, Michael Massey's swing looks really good right now. It's BP, but dude looks bulked up a little bit. Uh, I do expect him to have a pretty strong spring. That's what kind of has been the, the rumblings around the complex is that Michael Massey uh, should be one of those guys to have a good spring, needs a good spring, if we're being honest, to be the starting second baseman for the Kansas City Royals. But as I'm watching this, as I'm seeing all of this go down, I am just hearing this you know, car crash collision sound off the bat, loud, consistently, bang, 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 and caught, caught my attention. How could it not? I mean, I saw people kind of turning and, and looking back at the field. I mean, this was... A loud sound off the bat. The one that caught the attention of everybody in the complex. So I go, it's probably Salvador Perez. Big dude. You know, he's he's probably at this point getting back to 100% full swing. Because first couple rounds of BP, they bunt a few just to, you know, get the feel of where the pitches are coming in at. Then there's some oppo swings, you know, really loosening up a little bit. Then some guys will start swinging hard. They'll start swinging and you'll see the balls fly over the fence. 
So I'm hearing this and I'm just going, it's got to be Salvador Perez, right? And then I go, well, it's not Salvi. I see Salvi over on this field. You know, well, it's got to be Nelson Velasquez. I see the, the outfield group over there. I saw Hunter Renfro. I saw Kyle Isbell. Wasn't Nelson Velasquez. So I'm like, well, who could that be? Walk over the fence. It was Michael Garcia. And before you can react to this, I know what a lot of people are thinking. Well, hold on. Why was Michael Garcia not hitting with the infielders? Believe me, I thought the same thing. I thought about putting that out there, but really it felt foolish because it's just batting practice groups. I know they can separate you into to different positions, but I'm sure it could have come down to outfitters have less guys. We have a lot of infielders. Michael, you probably want more swings. Go over there and hit with the outfielders. That's kind of what I took it as more than, oh, I wonder if they're working Michael Garcia in the outfield. So therefore, a spot at third base is opened up. Hey, then you'll get Matt Chapman. I'm sure that would have run rampant throughout social media if I put that out there. But I didn't think uh, that was the important thing at hand here. What I was intrigued by was this sound off the bat. I mean, was scalding the ball. And the swing looked so effortless. And there were a couple of them that one-hopped the fence. And, and yes, I know I've gotten this question too. Hey, does he look bigger? Has he bulked up? And what did catch me off guard, I've seen Michael Garcia in person a few times. He does look a little bit bigger. He looks a little bit more filled out. Man, he, he's a tall dude. Uh, I'll tell you that. I've been so caught off guard. I, I consider myself to be an average-sized person, about 5'11", 6 foot. But there are some guys here that really kind of make you take a step back and go, damn, that's a, that's a big dude. And Michael Garcia was somebody I didn't think would be one of those guys. He's a pretty tall fella. Uh, he's not as filled out as a Hunter Renfro, but he stands probably 6'1", 6'2". And that's where the long arms come into play. Um, I had the chance to sit you know, right next to Alex Zumwalt as he was interviewing with Seren Petra on the program. And he talked about having a long, you know, a long path through the zone. And having those long arms is going to be able to help. And he really isn't concerned about the launch angle. He hits the ball incredibly hard. And that is very apparent. We knew that last year with Mike Kelly. But it's almost the way it flies off the bat. It explodes off the bat. And it's the effortless, smooth stroke. And that's what I look for. You know, being a baseball guy myself, I, I look at some of these swings and you'll see guys that just pop the ball right off the bat. But it's a violent swing. It, it is an absolute torque. It is putting everything behind it to get that type of power. Um, I remember, and this is maybe not the best example, but I was down there in 2019. Jorge Soler is out there taking BP and mercy. I mean, you know the type of power he has, but it is a violent swing. He's got the strength, the power, and the violent swing that makes the ball go 500 feet. And that was impressive to me. But I knew Soler had that type of power. I knew how much he had behind the swing. Michael Garcia is a guy that if you just look at him, you don't think, Big power, hits the ball incredibly hard. You look at the guy who was next to him in the batting cage, Nelson Velasquez, or behind the batting net, I should say. Now, Nelson Velasquez is a big dude. You know, six foot, six one, solid 220, 230, filled out. When he swings, you go, yeah, that makes sense. Get the ball far. But it's that effortless swing. Bobby Wood Jr. has it too, and where it just flies off the bat. And it's just this effortless, repeatable swing. And I knew that Michael Garcia coming over from the Venezuelan Winter League was going to be a lot more um, in shape, I would say, game shape, I should say. Uh, he was somebody that I thought would be able to make that transition pretty easy. Uh, there wasn't going to be the rust that he had to shake off or anything. Not that there's 
players out there that aren't ready or are way too rusty or haven't been working out. But he was somebody that played baseball all winter long. He got a lot of reps in. So he should be one of those guys that has no time or no trouble adapting to uh, the the turnaround here in Surprise, Arizona. But, wow, that was my takeaway. That was my main takeaway was that sound was one I had not heard in the first two days. Uh, there have been two sounds I have heard that caught my attention. The one was Michael Garcia. The other was a guy that we're going to talk about next. And he's not close to the big league level yet but I feel like the Royals believe he's got a bright future in Kansas City. We're going to dive into that next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5. Before we go any further, I want to give two shout-outs today. One to Locked On Sports today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now, available on Free Fire TV channels app. Also, want to give a shout out to our other title sponsor in eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy and is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need, the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So be sure you are taken care of over at ebaymotors.com. Well, the one thing I did want to dive into uh, to close out the show was actually from an interview I had earlier today. And I'm still going to try to figure out a way to make those interviews accessible. They've been played on 810 WHB. They've been played on ESPN Wichita. So there are some ways to listen to them. But in terms of a podcasting platform, I can't really play them on our podcast episodes, but I might try to find a way once I'm back uh, to kind of compile them all and put them in a, a Spotify or Apple podcast type of format to make it easier to to listen to. So that is kind of my goal uh, before before too long here. I think that's my best way to describe it. But I did get the chance to talk with Carter Jensen, one of the youngest players down here in Surprise, and he had one of the moments so far of the week that had everybody raving about it. Uh, Will Klein was on the bump, flamethrower, liking to be in Kansas City at some point this year. And he is just popping the glove continuously. You know, we talked about Daniel Lynch the other day, popping the glove. Will Klein was doing that in live BP. And he's going through a couple different catchers. The catchers were were hitting off a certain amount of pitchers. Steven Cruz was a guy that threw the other day. Um, Daniel Lynch was also the other guy that threw. But Tyler Cropley, Logan Porter, Sandy Leone, and Carter Jensen were all getting some swings in. And Will Klein... I struck him out the first time around, and I asked him about that at bat, and he said, you know, he got me the first time, but on the second time, I wanted to make sure I was prepared, and boy, was he prepared. I mean, turned on a 98-99, might have been 100 mile an hour fastball and hit it 450 feet to right center field. I mean, I did not see a ball, and still haven't since that moment, seen a ball fly out of the yard like that in surprise. I mean, the ball jumped off the bat. And so I had the chance to sit down with him and, and talk a little bit about this power that he's come into, 
you know, what he's been trying to work on in the offseason. He was very open about it, very awesome kid, and somebody that's very easy to root for. Uh, but what was even more telling than hearing about, you know, coming into this power a little bit, fine-tuning his approach, and becoming a level consistent that he's going to need at the lower level of the minor leagues. He talked about positions. Now, he brought it up, not me. He went on to say, I know there's been some conspiracy about, you know, me moving from catcher. And I thought, okay, this is probably a good time to ask a follow-up question. But, you know, he said he's been working a lot behind the plate. He wants to show how good of a catcher he can be. He's been working with Sal. He's been working with Freddie. He's been working with Paul Hoover. Guys to better him. But he also said, you know, I have played other positions before in my life. Because I asked him about that. I said, no, growing up, did you play other spots? Or are you open to moving to another spot? Because we all know Blake Mitchell was drafted last year. The Royals right now at the major league level are pretty set at the catching position. Now, Carter Jensen's 20 years old. Blake Mitchell's 18. These guys are a long ways from Kansas City. But it does bring into question, if both those guys are in your future, one of them's got to move. One of these guys is not going to be a backup catcher. And Carter Jensen said, you know, I played corner infield positions. I played corner outfield positions. And he said, selfishly, I feel like I'm athletic enough to play anywhere. And I'll play anywhere the organization wants. So you have that coachability above all else here. You know, he's not somebody that says, hey, I'm not going to learn that position. I don't, I don't want to. I'm a catcher. You drafted me as a catcher. I've been working really hard at it. I'm not going to go learn how to play another position. But it is going to bring into question who the Royals want behind the plate. I mean, you take Blake Mitchell in the first round, you got to imagine at 18, you know, you love his defensive abilities, you love his arm, he's probably going to stick at catcher. And Carter Jensen has a really good bat. He's got a lot of power. I've seen it now firsthand. And is he somebody that you can slide around a little bit? You know, he's maybe an outfielder. Maybe he's a right fielder in the future. I mean, MJ Melendez was a catcher all through the minor league level. Then they had to bump him to the outfield. Is he a third baseman? Carter Jensen's got the arm. I think he's an athletic kid. I think he could make that transition. He also could play a little bit of first base. And being that open, being that flexible, is going to make him go a long way at the minor league level. Because if you are blocked and you are stuck to one position and you can't adapt to another position, it's going to be hard to make your call to the big leagues. Um, and now, if he shines defensively better than Blake Mitchell, well, then there's your answer. Blake Mitchell's the one that's got to move. And that's already been discussed a little bit uh, among social media. You know, he's a catcher, but he's another athletic kid. Can he play an outfield spot? Can he play an infield spot? You love the arm, but that can translate a lot of different areas. So we'll see with Carter Jensen, but I think he's a kid that's very easy to root for. It's hard to be 20 years old in a big league camp where there's a bunch of grown, grown men out there, 34, 35 years old. He's working with an icon of the franchise, you know, in, in uh, Salvador Perez. So to me, uh, this is a guy that's just really got his work cut out for him, but he is shining in a big way, and it's, it's cool to watch. He had everybody buzzing about his shot that he had over the right center field fence the other day. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. Always be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Before we say goodbye, one last shout-out to Lockdown Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now, available on the free Fire TV channels app. Tomorrow, probably going to have even more takeaways from Surprise, more interviews to talk about, and plenty of more video that you can find on my Twitter or X account. But until then, you take it easy, Kansas City.